You know, one of the things that I really miss most, I think, uh, one of the things that I've really come to miss the most over this last year and a half of pandemic is hugs. Uh, now, I'm not going to mislead you into thinking that I don't cheat every now and again and sneak one in when I can, when I know that it's safe, because I do. But I've really come to miss hugs during this time of pandemic. Now, I know that some of you are not big huggers, and to you, this pandemic has been the best thing in the world uh, to, to limit that interaction. And I understand that. I get it. I, I really, really do. But for those of us who do enjoy them, it's been really hard not getting to feel those hugs and those squeezes. I want to ask you a question this morning. If you were only allowed to give one more hug, just one, one more hug, who would you give it to? Who would get your final hug? The answer to me is pretty obvious. If you knew you only had one more hug to give, you would probably give it to the person that you love the most. I know that's what I would do. But it's tough because chances are there are a lot of people that you really, really, really love. And if you only had one more hug to give and you were forced to make a decision, what would you do? I thought about that. As a matter of fact, I spent way too much time yesterday thinking about that and kind of got sad about it, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I got to thinking, I think what I would love to do is draw those people in that mean the most to me first. And then I would say, let's all gather. Let's all just gather as many as we can and let's open our arms as wide as we can. And just like the song we sing here from time to time, draw the circle wide, we would make that circle as big as we could possibly get it. And we would make one huge, gigantic hug and then we would just all squeeze in. There's something about a hug. When I was a kid, my mom's mom, I called her Mama, was one of my favorite people in all the world. It's hard to express just how delighted and excited she would get when family would gather at her house, usually on Sundays. Everybody who came through Mama's house got a hug. Those hugs were like magic. There was something in them that made you feel safe and loved and wanted. There was something about Mama's hugs. She's been gone for several years now. I miss her laugh, because she loved to laugh. I miss her singing around the house, because she loved to sing around the house. I miss her cooking, because she loved to cook for her family, and Lord knows we love to eat it. I miss her presence. I miss her beautiful, genuine, loving spirit. And I miss her hugs. I really, really, really miss Mamaw's hugs. What I would give right now to have one more of Mamaw's hugs. There's something special about a hug. Just a minute or two ago, we all read the brief line in the scripture from one of my favorite Bible stories. Many of you are familiar with it or at least aware of the story of the prodigal son. Jesus shares this story, this parable with his disciples and some of the Pharisees that were around and some others 
who had gathered around him. As Jesus tells the story, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of the two asks for his portion of his father's inheritance, and the father grants his son's request. He doesn't protest. He doesn't argue. He grants the son's request. The son takes his inheritance, squanders it, and wastes it on extravagant living. There's a famine in the land, and eventually the son becomes hungry, destitute, and desperate. And he figures that the only option for him now is to return home empty-handed and beg his father to accept him back as a servant. But, to his surprise, the father does not meet him with scorn or rebuke, but with a celebration and a welcoming party. And according to the story, the part we just read today, he greets him with a hug. That hug. There's something special about the hug. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. And his father ran to him and he kissed him and he hugged him. When you're expecting punishment and reprimand, a lecture or even banishment from the family, and what you get is a hug. Can I share with you the story of Parker Cunningham? Parker grew up in Oklahoma. And while he was in elementary school, he wrote a really short poem in his journal. He said it was his Bugs Bunny journal. It had Bugs Bunny on the front. This very short poem simply said this, the tiles are gray and I am gay. He immediately, as soon as he wrote these words in his journal, he said that he immediately started trying to find a way to get rid of it, to get rid of those words, to get rid of those, that page, to get rid of that journal. He said he especially didn't want his mom to see it. His mom and his family had just joined a church in town and they were just starting to get involved with the church and they were just starting to build relationships with the, the people there in the church. So he especially didn't want his mom to see the words that he had written in that journal. So he was scurrying through the house and he was trying to find a way and a place to get rid of them. And that's when he ran into his mom. She was curious what he was doing and she asked to see his journal. So he showed it to her. She read the words and then she simply and quietly told him to focus on other things and not think about that anymore. So Parker said, I didn't. I didn't think about it anymore. Or at least I tried not to. Later on, several years later in high school, Parker said that it became harder for him to not think about who he was he found himself looking for and sometimes finding acceptance from others, either from teachers or from uh, the parents of some of his friends. But he was hurting because he couldn't be the real Parker around the people that he loved the most, the people that he needed the most. And so over time, his demeanor started to change. And along with it, his attitude changed. 
He decided one day that he had to finally unload this enormous weight that he was carrying. So one day he saw his dad leaving the house and he got in the car and he said, without even really thinking, I just ran as fast as I could and I jumped in the car and I closed the door and I looked at my dad and I just said, I'm gay. His dad's reaction was calm, but cautionary. Don't tell your mom, his dad said, at least not right now. But Parker loved his mother, and he knew that that wouldn't work. He knew that it wouldn't be healthy, and he knew that it wouldn't be honest. So late one night on a Thanksgiving weekend, while his mom was preparing for a family Thanksgiving, Parker walked into the room where she was, and he broke down, and he told his mom. And it didn't go well. Parker said for months after that night, he and his mother barely spoke, hardly said a word to each other. He said it was like being in, being in that house was like every surface in the house was, was covered in sharp glass. He said it was just like living with jagged edges in every inch of the room where they were. Over time, Parker was able to do what many of us have done in similar situations. He formed two lives. One that satisfied who he genuinely was and one that accommodated his need for his family. But Parker knew, and we all know, that those types of arrangements can only last so long. And it did only last so long. It lasted until Marker, Parker met someone and fell in love. Now Parker truly had two distinct loves in his heart. His love for his partner and his love for his family. And he knew that for his own sanity and for his own well-being, somehow he was going to have to find a way for the two to come together. And that's when the journey began. That's when Parker began to try to reconcile the two lives, the two communities, the two worlds. There's a whole lot more to Parker's story, and you may be wondering why of all the similar stories, probably a lot of stories a lot like that that are in this room right now, you're probably wondering why I would bring up Parker's story. Why would I talk about somebody who lives all the way out in Oklahoma? Why bring up Parker's journey? I bring it up today because Parker's story was the catalyst for a movement that has grown nationally and around the world. Have you ever heard of free mom hugs? You're familiar with free mom hugs? Parker's mother, his very reluctant mother, is a woman named Sarah Cunningham. Sarah realized that her beautiful son had been forced to live too many days of his life without her embrace, without her touch. She was devastated that her son would have to start his day and live his day and end his day without the hope of his mother's embrace. So, Sarah decided that she was going to educate herself. 
she was going to learn more about Parker. She was going to learn more about Parker's world and learn more about Parker's community. She was going to get to know his friends and get to know his life. And she was going to get to know who Parker really, really was. And the things that she learned have not only changed her perspective and her thinking, but it's changed her life and it's changed the lives of countless others around the world. Today, Free Mom Hugs is an international movement of women, mostly moms, showing up for those who've been forced to live their lives without a mother's embrace, without the embrace of someone who genuinely wants them to feel valued and loved. There are free mom hug chapters all around the country, and there's one even right here in Lexington. They offer hugs and hope for so many who've given up on that feeling of being wanted and accepted. I know it seems like a, a lifetime ago now, but the last time we had a Lexington Pride Festival, we saw those moms walking around the Pride Festivals with those t-shirts that said free mom hugs and their arms were wide open and they were delighted every time someone stepped into that embrace. And I love it too now because it's actually opened up other movements. We saw people walking around the Pride Festival that said free dad hugs. I saw one woman walking around with a shirt that said I'm a grandmother. Free grandmother hugs. Isn't it beautiful what a hug can do? Looking back on the story of the prodigal son and his dad, I imagine, I just imagine what must have been playing out in their minds, what must have been playing out in their own imaginations. I imagine what the son felt like when he finally came to the realization that the only way I'm going to be able to survive is just to go back home and, and beg dad for forgiveness. He must have anticipated what it would be like. He, he must have anticipated that at the very least there would be a scolding and maybe his father would say, son, there's no room for you here any longer. I imagine what it must have been like I imagine the anticipation when the son started on that journey back to his father's house. All the emotions, all the scenarios that were running through his mind. And I wonder what it must have felt like when there he stood at the end of the lane and he looked up and he saw this figure running toward him. Not only running toward him, but running with his face smiling laughing and delighted and his arms wide open when he saw his, dad's run, his dad running toward him from, the Bible says, a long way off. I imagine the tears in the dad's eyes. I imagine as he runs and he feels like he can't get to that wayward son fast enough. I imagine that moment when the two finally came together. That dad gasping for air. The son prepared for a reprimand. And I wonder what it was like in that moment when instantly, from anxiousness, dread, and joy, suddenly becoming delight. And it all happened through the embrace of a hug. I'm going to go ahead and give you fair warning. When this pandemic is over, some of you better look out because <laughs> I'm coming in.
And it's going to be all I can do not to just squeeze you into and hold you. Feel that embrace and that heartbeat. I'm going to come in like a parent comes into a long-lost child. I'm going to come in for a hug. Because right now it seems like we are a long way off the way things are going. But this story said that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And he was moved with compassion. And his father ran to him, kissed him, and he hugged him. Oh, the hug. The hug. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.